I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the friend zone. We actually had an episode about the friend zone a while ago and how uh, this couple came out of the friend zone and now they're married. (laughs) Um, But today we have our guest, Bobby, on the show, who is sort of notorious for for always being friend zone. Uh, A little bit. Friend zoning (laughs) or sometimes doing the friend zoning at times, too. Okay. A little bit of both ways. So Bobby is our expert friend zoner. He is uh, (laughs) 30 years old from New Hampshire. He's been in San Francisco for four years. 
and currently on a dating sabbatical. Okay. From, you know, what we've known about Bobby, he is a self-proclaimed nice guy and seems to often fall into the friend zone. He's been called over to carry boxes up the stairs and even fix a sink faucet <laughs> and helped assemble a bed frame. What are you, Ikea? Like, what is <laughs> task this? Task grabbing. Task grabbing. Yeah, an all-around handy guy. He's stay friends with many of the girls he's met on dating apps and is even now friends with their current boyfriends. This is just blowing my mind. How does that transition even happen? You go on a few dates. And then how do you become friends? Well, I think initially, uh, I'm not too presumptuous. First go out on a date with them. Uh, I think I start more from a friendly side of things. When I first moved here, I suppose I was just looking for friends. I'm not too like overly aggressive. So I kind of set the bar low and see if we can be friends first, um, even if there is an attraction. I don't necessarily think that's a bad approach. I mean, the basis of any good relationship is a friendship. So it actually makes dating more enjoyable if you go out thinking you want to be friends first and have that develop. But my question is, how does that just stay in the friend zone and it doesn't develop? What do you think it is happening that's not taking these friendships to the next level? Probably a sense of urgency. I mentioned briefly how I was just looking for friends with the potential of something growing from there. And I matched with this one woman and we weren't initially very flirtatious whatsoever. There's just good chemistry. We had similar interests in photography and some in design and just had good banter. So there wasn't necessarily flirtation out of that. And there was a bit of stagnation where we just didn't meet up right mm -hmm. away. Uh, at the time, I was living in South Bay for a short while. Wasn't sure if I was going to be coming back to San Francisco. Finally did. And um, I kind of just, I just decided like, I was more interested in being friends potentially than having something work out. And I valued that a bit more, I suppose. Okay, so then I'm confused. Are we talking about friend zone in the sense that you want to find ways to get out of the friend zone? Or are you, are you here to tell us about why friend zone is actually not a bad place to be? I think friend zone is not a bad place to be if uh, that's something that you're comfortable with and if you set those expectations from the start it's definitely not an ideal place to be if if you are looking for something more substantial what are you looking for back then i was i think i was looking for more continual dating seeing if something could go somewhere but one thing that was really discouraging was that you feel like you don't really get a chance to kind of like launch your flat feathers, if you will, mm -hmm. because you might go on one date and then right away it's like no interest after that. Mm -hmm. But then they might want to be friends still. So I guess like now when you're friends and they have significant others, like do you feel anything towards these people or are you just kind of like cool with it? Personally, in this circumstance, the woman I mentioned, that was a couple years ago. So that's totally passed by mm -hmm. at this time. And yeah... You're right. Like I am friends with their significant other and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think. And they don't um, think I, it's weird that like they met you on a dating app. Like there's I don't that. believe so. Like especially in San Francisco of all places. So are you on dating apps now for friends? No. <laughs> well, no. we hear we've talked about this on past episodes. Like when you move to a new city, sometimes that's like a red flag for someone that's looking right. for something super serious because people are kind of using dating apps the way you describe just to meet more people and maybe even prioritize friendship over dating or just something to even do and somewhere to go on a Friday night. Yeah, I could see that happening for sure. And So I guess I'm still confused about what you're looking for. Good question. Personally, I'm not really looking for a super serious relationship at this point. Uh -huh. You know, I think that's one thing if I had to like self-reflect on that. I felt like I was looking for something for 
quite a while and just not really finding anything. Maybe somewhat of like a band-aid scenario where I was just bored or So right now you're, you're not in a place to be in a relationship. You don't want anything serious. So then what are you looking for then? I'm going to keep asking that. <laughs> if I if I were to be looking on a dating site, I would probably be looking for friends and hopefully set that expectation up front. So that. why go to dating sites to find friends? Yeah. I think it's the, the accessibility. Um, considering in San Francisco or the Bay Area when I first moved here, it was a little difficult to like organically meet people. But <laughs> that was four years ago. So what about now? Four years later, you're in San Francisco, mm-hmm. you're established. Why still go on dating apps for friends? Well, so I guess I was trying to allude to earlier was the fact that maybe I was like looking for something and that wasn't essentially what I should have been looking for. I wasn't ready for that. Okay. And over the past maybe six months or so, kind of had the realization where, you know, I'm kind of looking in the wrong places as something, maybe a relationship to fix um, some of the problems. So what made you want to go on a dating sabbatical? What caused that? I was just like exhausted, to be honest. It just kind of felt like a dead end, felt a little disposable. So what I'm hearing from you is at this point, you're on a dating sabbatical because you experienced dating fatigue. For you to experience dating fatigue, you must have had issues when it, when you were dating at the time. So let's go back to that. What were the dating issues you were facing? Was it the feeling you said you felt disposable? Is that feeling dispo- disposable? Does that come from being friend zoned with girls who, you know, you go on a few dates with and then you end up being friends with their boyfriend and you do like carry their boxes and, and fix their faucets? Is, is that the root of the dating fatigue? Uh, a bit of it. Yeah. So The dating fatigue just comes from searching to like try to match with someone Mm -hmm. and then you finally go out on a date with them, you get in friend zone and then it's just like a a roundabout where you just keep going around the circle. Also, maybe uh, the reason why I'm on a sabbatical now too is just I'm just personally trying to work on myself. Full transparency, yeah, I was trying to maybe like use dating as like band-aids. You know, you get like a mild high off of it where it's like, oh, you get like you get a match. Great. Yeah. You have this kind of like hopeful outlook and what have Mm -hmm. you. Um and like I was just like tired of that roller coaster. Yeah. And just moved out onto like my own apartment, kinda have my own space now. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to start doing things for myself again. Okay. But you know what? This is great having this conversation with you because sometimes you have to talk it out loud. You know, because right now you're like, what is my situation right now? Well, your situation right now is a consequence of what you experience in dating. And the consequence of what you experience in dating is you being like, I'm not ready for a relationship or anything serious. But let's go back to the root of the problem, which is you were experiencing dating fatigue. What I'm sensing from you is that there's a lack of focus. Like if we went on a date together and this is how we were talking, I'd be like, I'm really not sure why you're on dating apps. I'd be like, why are you, why are we here? Right. Are you just looking for friends? If you are, then, you know, like I'm not looking for friends. Right. Because I'm on a dating app. I'm on a dating (laughs) app. Right. So uh, to me, it's, it's almost like you have to be more focused and targeted in what you're looking for before you go out dating again. So would you like go out for drinks with these girls and like pay? Like what? How did that work? Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, so if we were to go out for drinks or coffee, dinner, what have you, you know, I'd definitely make the gesture to pay. Uh, one thing I have found a lot in San Francisco is that, you know, a lot of like the women here, they 
they don't want you to pay necessarily. So the way you're speaking also is from what the women want. But you have to think about what do you want? What are your values? If your values are, I want to treat a girl mm-hmm. to drinks, that's your value. Right. If she doesn't accept it, that's her problem. But you have to be more solid and strong in what you value. Right, more conviction. Exactly. And like in my own rather than catering. And I, I have the sense, and like Julie and I talked about this earlier, I was telling her about my friend in L.A., um, he's in a very similar situation where he gets friends zone quite a bit and he's experiencing dating fatigue and um, taking a dating sabbatical. The root of his problem is that he has never outright said, I like you or I want to take you on another date or I want to take this to the next level. He ends up going on dates and then lets the girls talk about their dating problems and the guys that they're seeing. Yeah. And then as soon as you let a girl do that, she already sees you as a friend. Mm. So then she's going to be like, great, I can keep talking to right. Bobby about my dating Sounds problem. So and then sometimes, yeah. <laughs> too, just to bring on the point of paying, I know there's a lot of mixed things, but a right. lot of times when women, it sounds counter it is intuitive, counter, yep. but... Um, a lot of times when women are feeling like this is just a friend, they don't want them to pay because mm-hmm. they don't want to like owe someone something. Right. So if that vibe is already being put out there, that could explain why women are actually being more forward about paying. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's like a consequence of what you're putting out there. I think my whole point is what I'm sensing from you, Bobby, is that you're putting up a defense mechanism here where you're saying, I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm working on myself, which is great. But at the same time, I feel like deep down you are looking for something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to our podcast and we wouldn't be having this conversation today. This podcast is so entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. But I guess like the girl that you built her bed. Like, what did you feel about that? Like, after that happened? Like, um, I mean, it was kind of felt like, to be honest, like a bait and switch scenario. Yeah. Where, like, we had stopped, like, dating for, a, a, like, a couple months. But then um, they they just asked if I could help, um, like, hammer something in. But then when I get there, it's like a full-on bed assembly. But why does she ask you and not a task rabbit? It's a great question. Well, because she knew you would do it. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's the problem. You know, like, the more you give, and you get nothing back. And I'm not saying it's tit for tat. This world isn't about I give you something, you right, give me right. something back. But if if there were no signs of her respecting you any more than you building her bed, mm-hmm. then then why even bother? To be honest, like I have a like maybe root problem of like not wanting to disappoint people. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like a definite problem. Where do you think that comes from? I think the big thing is like growing up, I always had like a good amount of friends, like mm-hmm. all in different circles. But I never really had like any super close friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of wanted to hang on to the ones that you had. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like even now I have circles of friends in different areas. But no, like... Super, super close best friend. So when you meet someone like the girl that you mentioned with photography and you have like this connection, you want to hold on to it. Correct. I actually want to know. So the girl (laughs) that you carry the boxes. Oh, yeah. Do do you still talk to her? (laughs) No, not her. What about the one you assembled the bed frame? Oh, yeah. You still talk to her. Are you guys friends? Yeah, we're just friends now. You're just friends. Certainly. Does she have a boyfriend? Yeah. Interesting story about that. So like while... You know, when I set or helped her set up the bed, we weren't dating in any regards or it was 
long time ago. Um, but while I was hugging her with that, she told me that she was like dating someone now. Mm. I'm like, why isn't he? Okay, that <laughs> is that interesting is because up. apparently he was like injured or something like that. Okay, I need to know. Are, do you guys still talk? You guys still um, intermittently. Like, like we don't reach text? out to one another necessarily. Like it might be like, hey, what's up? Or but why, Instagram. Why even keep that in your life? Like what benefit well, are you we getting? We share that? like similar hobbies. Like I'm. Pretty into rock climbing out here. So are like 6,000 other people. So you're (laughs) looking for, it feels like you're looking for activity partners. Is that fair? Well, we don't climb necessarily together, but we're just like having good rapport. Uh, I have a difficult time like burning bridges or cutting the cord. Like I want to know who's the core of who Bobby is. There's got to be more to you than being a nice guy, being someone who's a people pleaser, being someone who's a great friend. I'm sure you're always there for your friends. But do you ask for help? No, not really. Why? Why is that? Um, to be honest, maybe I pride myself on being somewhat self-sufficient. I've noticed more and more like just really independent. Mm-hmm. You know, I go mountain biking by myself Friday, Saturday. And I don't really have that urge to like always have someone there. There's a difference between being a loner and being independent. When you're, yeah, a, you're a loner, fair. you get so in your head about things. And your head is, your <laughs> mind is always churning. You're always... You're oh, always, I'm super analyzer. <laughs> you become, a, I hate to say, I hate using this word, but you become a molester of your own thoughts. You start just molesting your thoughts yeah, and over and you over can again. manipulate it and think about different scenarios. Like, what if I did this? What if I had done that? And it becomes yeah. perverse in some ways because you're just stuck in your own head. That's a loner. But when you're independent, it just means that you are fine being on your on your own. Yeah. But you also are open to other challenges and opinions and perspectives. I feel like what you really need right now, and I, again, I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but I I sense could really help is to get you out of your comfort zone. Something that just pushes you to be totally uncomfortable. And I actually get the sense that this is a little uncomfortable for you. Certainly. And that's that's awesome. And that's awesome. Okay, so a question for you. Like, there's definitely people that just enjoy being single, and that's what they want, and that's totally awesome. Mm -hmm. But like we said before, we're not fully sure where you're falling from this conversation. When you're, like, having alone time, like, do you think about women? Do you think about dating? Or is that just not even on your mind? I'm, like, not thinking about dating, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up, I was definitely more of like a romantic in a sense where I would think about like you know all I want one day is you know have someone to love this that the other Mm -hmm. um but what I have noticed is like as I've gotten older um kind of valued my alone time a lot more Mm. and just haven't felt the need that like I need someone here to share it now when I do go places and like hiking and whatnot I'd be like oh this would be a rad spot to like share this with maybe not now is a bad example but when you were dating like were you like thinking about the people you had been on dates with or was it just kind of like certainly uh, yeah like kind of like as you I um established was that like I was like inside my own head mm-hmm. all the time okay so, but I guess what I'm trying to understand is it inside your own head with relationships and dating or inside your own head with whatever at else? the time like when I was dating yes like mm-hmm. inside my own head with relationships thinking like oh like What's it uh, like? Why? Well, not necessarily why haven't they responded, but like, I wonder what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. like why don't they want to hang out? Or <laughs> it's all always about them, right? Like, why isn't she wanting to do this? Or why right. isn't she interested? But the, did you ever question what is it that I want? What do I like about her? 
what do I want out of this relationship or friendship? Mm-hmm. I think that's what needs to drive these dates. We see it all the time. Like someone comes back from a date. Oh, I hope he really liked me. Or yeah. I hope she found me attractive. But it's not dating is a two-way street. You also have to evaluate. Do I want to be with this person? Right. Yeah, right? I agree. And one thing that I definitely pick up on, like when I did go on all those dates was like how well someone could articulate, even though I might be having a tough time right now. If someone can speak with conviction and kind of really be introspective, mm-hmm. have the ability to like talk about the things they like, what they're interested in, mm-hmm. not just say that they, you know, like cars or any substance, right. Exactly. But so you like, also have to be the same. Yeah. You gotta give it back to them, right? Oh, certainly. Yeah. So I have a question for you. When I was asking you what you think about with in the past with these dates and one of the things you said was why aren't they responding or what are they doing right now? All these questions about them. Like what moves do you make to show them that that you're interested, that you wanted to maybe do more? That's definitely a big shortcoming of mine. I'll admit that for okay. sure. Like uh, not acting with enough conviction in the sense of being like, I like you or mm-hmm. I'm interested like severely or not severely, but like I'm well, want to go to this next level or what have you. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that I've like drawn out in most cases. You know, you could give it two answers. It could be like for fear of the potential rejection. Right. Or also the ability to like cultivate some sort of like bond mm-hmm. if you will i have a tough time kind of jumping into like you know intimacy like right away mm-hmm. like okay. just conversation or emotionally that is mm-hmm. and to feel comfortable to do that and mm-hmm. if you want to like dive deeper that's probably has to do with childhood like upbringing sure, and stuff like that. Totally. my parents weren't very like or they didn't divorce or anything of that nature but kind of like affection closeness mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm just never was kind of there. I get it. Yeah. And so it's not something I'm necessarily like I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But it's not something that I'm familiar with. Or that you can jump into. Correct. So I would say two things. One is these aren't shortcomings. So take that out of your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. These are opportunities for improvement, right? We all have opportunities for improvement here. It's not a shortcoming. A shortcoming is something that cannot be done anymore. Okay. But this is just an opportunity for improvement. The second thing I would say is what I sense from you is that the way modern dating works doesn't exactly fit your personality. You seem like a guy who needs time. You need more face time with yep. someone. You need feelings to develop, especially when it comes to intimacy. You also need the girl to give you an opportunity to peel back the layers and show her who you are. And those things cannot be done the first three dates or five dates or even like a month. But when you meet these girls on a dating app, the expectation is it's for dating, right? Your strategy that works for you should be going from friend zone to relationship zone. But that doesn't work from dating apps. And I think what's probably happening, I'm just thinking of my, if I was in the shoes on of someone that's on a date with you, I would get the vibe that you weren't interested, that you also just like weren't down. Ambivalent. Right. Or ambivalent. I think, yeah, ambivalent is the key word. So I would lose interest. And then if you were like, just wanted to be friends, like, I guess it depends on my own personal need if I needed friends or didn't. Yeah. But I'd be like, okay, like this makes sense. He wasn't interested in anything more. But I might have been interested in more. Exactly. You know how many of our girlfriends have come back from dates or like have dated guys for a while? And one, they're like, I don't know where this is headed. I don't know if we're friends or we're more. I have no idea. And then two, they're like, if he just said something, 
I would be on board. Yep. If he had just made a move, I would have been on board. We hear it all the well, time. Well, that was like the date I went on when I was here, remember? Yeah. And I went on this date and it was probably the shortest date I've ever had in my life. It was like under an hour, like 30 minutes if mm-hmm. even. And I came back here because I left my bag here. And our guests were still here. It was that short. Yeah. And they were like, wow, that's a short date. Didn't go well. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think the guy was like interested. And then I got a follow-up text that was like, I had such a great time. And I was like, really? Because that was not the vibe that I got at all. (laughs) And he, like, we basically had a conversation. He was like, oh, like, I thought, like, I just, like, made it clear I couldn't stay long. And I was really interested. Yeah. But honestly, if I didn't have that conversation with him, I would have just walked away thinking he wasn't interested. Yeah, definitely. You have to make your feelings known. And it's not like some epic confession (laughs) of being like, oh my gosh, I'm in love with you. It's more like, hey, I like you. Yeah. I want to see you again. I want to take you on another date. A date. Yeah. (laughs) But that guy following up with me. Not hang out. But I mean, honestly, that guy following up even via text. At yeah. least it showed me that I was he was interested. Yeah. If he didn't do that, I don't know. How do you like do you ever tell people like I had a great time, I want to see you again? Like um, how do you like leave it? Certainly like I'll follow up um and say like, Oh, had a great time. Mm-hmm. Let's go out again. I might not always make the conviction of like let's like go on another date. Mm-hmm. Um it really depends on how uh the conversation started from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like, hey, let's like hang out. Uh, which might be like a walk at Fort Funston, something right. like that. Right. Which is less... Uh, Pretty date. casual. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I will admit, like, I do tend to set the initial meets as more casual. It's a, there's nothing wrong with casual dates, but people need to know that this is for romantic reasons. Right. right? So I could... Julie and I go on walks all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean they're not romantic? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. You never say anything to me. But it's, it's it's not so much what you're doing on the date. It's the context that you put it in. So if you put in the context of, yeah. yeah, I want this to be a date. I want this to be romantic. Then the girl would think twice about accepting the date, right? Certainly. You also need... <laughs> Come build my furniture. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> but the fact that I think you are on this journey right now of self reflection is already a really big step because I yep. think you already recognize some of these opportunities for improvement mm-hmm. and how you can work on them. One, I think it's, I don't think dating apps are, you, you should still get back on the dating apps when you're ready to date again. But they're not the best for you because right. you need something. I need something more, not long-term necessarily, but... But repetitive. Repetitive. Yeah. Like FaceTime. once a week. Yeah. Somewhere that the women are also more open. Like it's more ambiguous for women too. Like if like yeah. there's this thing, again, I always point to this example, but I'm not like the athlete that wakes up at 6 a.m. And maybe not everyone is, but I think it's great if you are. And it actually sounds like... You might be into this type of stuff. Uh, what's but that? anyways, like there's um, like November, November projects. Project? Yeah. But I think the girls that go and the women that go, they're going to run. They're going to socialize. Right. And I don't want to you know, impede on that necessarily. Yeah, but the, no, I guess that's but, my point though. Yeah. It's, it's the community. It's that's community. Not, but it's yes. not impeding because things can just naturally Evolve. progress. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have met significant others that way. Yeah. But if you go on a dating app and then it doesn't go anywhere, it's like there's a weird... Because your expectation is date, you need to be somewhere where the women's expectation isn't necessarily date. Either. Agreed. And that yeah. was like, 
I think one of my major gripes with dating apps, even though it should be known in the name that it is a dating app, but it sets the framework up as dates right there. Yep, it's romance. Rather than kind of getting to know. Yep. Yep. So another question for you, because you mentioned on the phone that you don't really like going to bars. You prefer coffee or lunch because it's presumptuous. Well, I might have used that word a bit too liberally. Okay. But uh, I think... One thing that really struck out when you guys said, like, it's it's more, or sorry, it's less casual. Um, I'm definitely super outdoorsy, mm-hmm. so I'd rather do something like that. Hopefully, I'd match with someone similar. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of sets the bar lower as less datey. Mm. So then I can kind of get to know the person. Mm. And then after that initial casual and uh, encounter, <laughs> uh, then we could put potentially set a framework up for like a true date. And that doesn't work on dating apps. Apparently. Because on dating apps, you expect to go on a true date right away. So what were some of like the last places that you've taken women? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over here at Datable. We've created a platform to connect you with vetted experts from our network to help with everything from coaching with dating, therapy, dating profile reviews, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts, so you can be anywhere. Listeners have been sharing how worthwhile their sessions have been with comments about how easy the coaches are to talk to, how they have provided a new perspective, and how they have created actionable ways to inspire change. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. So right. what were some of like the last places that you've taken women? First dates or? Yeah, first dates. <laughs> Definitely Fort Funston. A uh, lot of dogs there. Love dogs. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I don't know about you. I've done the coffee date before and I feel like it's really hard to have a connection there. That's mm. not yeah. friendly. I mean, like, is it just... It's just the environment doesn't really draw for that. doesn't cater to it. Plus, it might be, like, quick. Yeah. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. I think I've done this before where it's, like, you grab a coffee, but then, like, go on a walk. Along yeah. Along like, Embarcadero But or even something. to me, that doesn't feel date-ish. I don't know. Maybe I'm That's alone fair. in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think, UA, but it just feels like... Just from suit. a dating app, I would not like that at all. No. From a dating app, I would expect... At least a drink. At least drinks. Why drinks? Because to me, it's more intimate to do drinks. It doesn't mean it needs to be alcoholic. Right, it right. just means it's in a darker environment yeah. at yep. night. That, to me, it signals that it's more intimate. So I'm not going to, like, tap you on the leg at a coffee place, right? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. The but in a bar, if right. we're, like, sitting right next to each other at stools and we were, like, laughing and yeah. joking and, like, we, it just it There's more calls potential for that. For-, for the girl that you want, I think you are probably attracted to pretty strong women who drive the situation, drive the conversation. But those women would crush you. And the minute they meet you, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to crush this guy. <laughs> That's how that, you know, that dichotomy really exists. And so in a, if you take these strong women in a casual environment, they're already being like, like oh my gosh. Is that like, true? Do you feel like the women you go for tend to be stronger? Uh, definitely more of an attraction towards that. I can sense More that. assertive women. Certainly. Yeah. And, you know, you're not wrong. I'm not the most assertive person out there. But I think assertive women, yes, they like to set the agenda, but they also like to have someone that does that too. I think like if assertive, I don't want to speak for all assertive women, but going on like a walk 
is just not going to like. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's the first thing, like, meeting. Um, I guess with, like you alluded to, with dating apps, you know, from the get-go, some people do expect to go on that date right away. And I suppose I don't align with that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a bit more casual in my kind of repertoire. So here's something you might want to try, because... There are certain norms that are set with modern dating and dating apps where you just assume your yep. first date is a very datey kind of thing. But if you preface the date by saying, I, I want to ask you out, I want to meet you, but this is how I like to move things forward. Mm -hmm. I prefer a like sort of a meeting, a casual meeting at first, and it might be more casual than what you're used to, but it's just a way I feel like things have worked for me. You know, I, I think if yeah. you explain, the, yeah. explain to Set people, yeah, right. versus just being like, "Let's go on a walk," I've I've turned down many walks, right? <laughs> because I'm like, ah, I'd rather go on a right. walk with my dog, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it like I keep pulling this example of like that really short date I had, but if yeah. like the guy like had said up front, like actually, like my first time meeting people, like sometimes I like to keep it shorter just because of past experience or yeah. whatever. Then, then it'd be at understandable. Least, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, it was a short date. Didn't necessarily mean it was a bad date. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Just getting the short date, you're like, whoa, it did not go well. That's yes. Fair. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Fair. So what are some of our takeaways from this whole conversation? The I think, yeah, like what UA mentioned, at least takeaway I'm going to take away is uh, set expectations, have a better idea of the framework. And, you know, maybe I was trying to make something work that doesn't work for me. Mm. Um as you alluded to, like online dating is very kind of straightforward, black and white. I see lots of gray like, yeah. in my life. Mm -hmm. So okay. I think, uh, you know, the biggest one for you, Bobby, is to figure out what your values are, what you look for in a partner and stick to those values when you're when you go back to dating. Mm -hmm. That way it will help you evaluate if the dates are going well, if, the, if that person could be a potential partner for you. And if it, it will help you, it'll help motivate you to drive that relationship to the next, to the next level. If right. you do see a fit with your values. Right. It'll make things a bit more clear too. I so think, like yeah. when you do have those qualities you're looking for, but you can definitely like see the personality in someone. So if I were to say like what I was looking for in that type of scenario, yeah, someone that's kind of a uh, low key, but then, like, isn't really, like, fancy, ritzy, this, that, the other. So, again, else. those are descriptors of who someone is, and it doesn't describe their values. So, go back to, like, someone who's low-key. What do they value? They value quality time at home with their partner. That's a value. Okay. They value deep connections versus a wide social network. That's a value. They value nature and being outside. That's a value. So I think all the qualities that you are looking for in a partner, go back and think about where does that come from? What is that core value? Mm -hmm. Because it has to align with what you want as well. That's right. But I think also to piggyback off that, you should maybe even think about what you are looking for long term because we've mm -hmm. heard a lot of mixed. And I think it's totally cool if you are just like, I don't really want a relationship. I don't want that partner. But I think where I challenge it is, Am I saying that because I'm scared of being rejected right. and I'm scared of being hurt? Or is that truly right. what I want? Do I truly just love being by myself and not necessarily sharing a life and deep conversations and feelings with someone else? 
The other takeaway is know the difference between being a loner versus being independent. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a huge one for that's a fair. lot of people, yeah. especially in the city, because everyone's very independent and they sort of um, qualify everything with that. It's like, I, well, I do this because I'm very independent. Yep. I feel this way because I'm very independent. Well, I, we get it. Okay. Everyone's fucking independent. <laughs> the thing is, there's, the difference between being a loner and independent is that if you're a loner, on any given night, you prefer to be alone. If you're independent on any given night, you're fine being alone, but you prefer to share with someone else. There's a difference there. If I you're independent, that, yeah. you don't need anybody else. Right. There's no need for it. But if you're a loner, you actually prefer to yep. not have anybody else. Right. That's a difference. And what I see with a lot of people in San Francisco, especially my first month when I moved here three years ago, I think I talked about this. I was um, uh, at Stern Grove and I, mm -hmm. I got an Uber with someone. And he was like, let me give you a ride you know, back because all the Ubers are taken. I'm like, okay. And in the car, he said to me, we were talking about dating. And he's like, you know, I've given up on dating. I prefer to be alone, you know, with my roommates and hang out with my bros. And I prefer, I prefer that on any given night. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy has given up on love. He literally has given up. Yep. So I think you're, you, you don't want to get there, Bobby. Yeah. You don't want to get to the point where Teetering. you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people are. Before you fall off that cliff, let us hold you back and mm -hmm. say, Bobby, you're not there. You know, you don't need to get there because I, I think deep down you do want a meaningful connection with someone in some capacity. In some capacity, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's another takeaway in general to maybe people on the receiving end and also maybe to you also, Bobby, but like people are on these dating apps for many, many different reasons. Yes. So it is important to make sure that whoever you're dating is meshed with you because like if someone's looking for friends and you're looking for a really long-term relationship, like that's just it's set up. Work out. It's, just, it's, it's just a waste of everyone's time. That's for right. sure. Yeah, I mean, any other takeaways before we end? Okay. Question of the day. So we have a question of the day, and I like this one because it's basically the polar opposite of what we've been talking about. So be curious on everyone's opinion. So this question comes from Darian. I recently met this girl, and I'm just crazy about her. We've been dating for two weeks, and I can't stop thinking about her. I've been very forward about how I feel, and at first she seemed really into this, but she recently has become a bit more distant when I told her I think she is the one and I'm falling in love with her. Ooh. How do I? How should I proceed so I do not lose her? Ooh. Wow. So this is basically the opposite of yeah. moving super fast. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, good for you to do that. <laughs> no, um... Gosh, that's a tough one. Typical case of two people not on the same page. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we, we think the relationship is going a certain way, but we don't communicate it. So even though he says, you know, he was crazy about her, seemed to, everything is like she seemed to really be into it and I seemed to be really into her. Um, but until things were verbalized, that's when so things changed. There wasn't really any confirmation. It was just assumptions. A lot of assumptions. So it, I think it just comes from the lack of communication. Mm -hmm. They're definitely on different pages. And how you feel about someone, the intensity is so relative to your own experience. You know, mm -hmm. like if, if you've never been in a relationship and then you fall in love, that is very yeah. intense. But if you've been in relationships before, 
then you fall in love. Maybe it's not as intense. Right. So what you think might be, oh my gosh, she is the one I'm falling for her. It may just take her a little time to catch up to that. Or she may not be feeling the same way. So you can't assume how you're feeling is exactly how the The other person's feeling. And I think there's also a middle ground. Like we've said, maybe it it is really nice, especially if you like someone, to hear that they also like you. Yeah, put it out there. And I think maybe it sounded like at the beginning she was kind of, at least was on the same page and reciprocal. And then after he said, I think you're the one and falling in love, that's when things started to take a turn. Yeah. So maybe it was just too soon, too fast. Mm-hmm. And it almost didn't feel genuine yeah. because it was so soon. If it's only been like two yeah, weeks. Two weeks. That's, that's two really weeks fast. Is a, but you know what? Everyone's on a different time. That's it fair. It, like could, for me, it totally is. could happen. Yep. For me, that's, you know, crazy. But yeah, for you, maybe. But you ha- also have met totally someone that you could yeah. have fallen in love with mm-hmm. in two weeks. So, I, I, again, we can't judge how other Certainly, people operate yeah. in their yep. own relationships, but you and your partner need to get on the same page, and you can't be afraid to do that. If you find out earlier on that she is just not that into you or as much as you are into her, yep. then you move on. Then you find out now as opposed to a year from now. If you're not on the same page, you you guys, it's better to be rejected earlier on than to find out you're not on the same page later. So one thing Darian asks is, how should I proceed so I don't lose her? I think mm-hmm. maybe having a conversation, like, I feel like I might have freaked you out with yeah. saying this stuff. I just want, like, I, it might have been, yeah, yeah, like, it might have been too much. We all move at different paces. I did just want you to know I am really excited yeah. about this. I am looking for something long term, if that is the case. Like, where are you at? And then turn it to her so it's more of a dialogue opposed to him just telling her all the time how he feels. Fear should never drive your decisions. The fear of losing someone, the fear of rejection shouldn't be the main driver of why you do something. So instead of, I fear losing her, how do I proceed without losing her? How do I proceed in order to make sure I get the best out of this dating experience? That's a different way of looking at it. You got to frame it that way. It's not about, you can't be always be afraid of losing someone or a fear of rejection. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's reality. You can't control how someone else feels. Yep. But what you can control is your own life and your own feelings. Yeah. And I think that is a good wrap up and tie into this also. Yes. That rejection could be by saying too much or it could also by be doing yep too little. too little. Cool. All right. Anything else, guys? Thank you for getting real with us. We appreciate it. And sorry if we put you in the hot seat. Thanks for not running away halfway into this. I hope it helped. I hope it helped. It's good to face these Mm -hmm. conversations and have them with someone else. Uncomfortable spaces. Uncomfortable spaces, because that's what grows us. Grows us. That doesn't even sound good. But that's what helps us. That's what helps us grow as people. And I think we should constantly be growing every day, every second. So good job, Bobby. (laughs) You were very brave. And now nobody else wants to come on the show. I'm just kidding. You were very, very brave, and I really appreciate that. And thank you for being honest and. Yeah, like Julie said, very real. Okay, let's wrap this up. Hey, we want to hear from you. Don't be scared. We're we're not, you know, we want to work through these issues together. Because I think at the end of the day with Dateable, why Julie and I want to start with this podcast is to let everyone know that we're all going through the same things. You're not alone in your thoughts. Don't be a loner. You can be independent, (laughs) but don't be a loner. 
Or at the, least with your thoughts. At, <laughs> least, at least with your thoughts. At least with your thoughts. We want to open up the conversation, and that's why we started this podcast. So we want to hear from you. If you have some issues or topics you'd like to discuss, let us know. We'd love to have you as a guest on our show. Okay, let's wrap it up. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to identify five situations that made you feel strong feelings. And then from there, from your feelings, identify your needs. So for example, I felt insecure because I need security. I felt disappointed because I need reassurance. Make a list of those needs and those are your needs for you. It's just a way of getting to know what you want. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.